Okay, everybody. Welcome to No One Likes the Tuna Podcast. The world premiere. Dedicated. Fast, fast, fast. And furious. Podcast. 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 My name is Nick Nocera. I'm Daryl Wong. And, um... We watch a Fast and Furious movie every week, and we talk about how miserable it is to do that. And most of the time, we actually don't really talk about it because talking about these movies is so miserable, we avoid it like the plague. However, I listened. I did something I never do, which is like listen to our podcast last week. And? Dude, our podcast sucks. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's bad, man. Yeah. We thought we had a good episode last week, too. Nah, it was bad. Oh. <laughs> Hate to break. Not good. What should we do? What should we do about ourselves? I don't here? know. I got a couple of Nick's movie reviews I could run through in the beginning of this one. We need uh-huh. bit. We need some kind of bit to hook people in. You know, we need a strong lead. That's L-E-D-E. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I saw a couple movies in the movie theater past couple weeks. You want me to talk about Watch a movie called Baby Done, which is a New Zealand feature starring Rose Matafehu and Neville Longbottom. I don't remember that actor's name, but that dude Mm -hmm. who's now a grown-up. It's about a couple who get pregnant and then feel a need to do all the fun stuff in their life before the baby comes, basically. Um, because once you have a baby, you're like done living a good, interesting life, which I tend to agree with. Um, it was okay. I, I like the premise. I think the two actors were like comedically strong. Um, mm-hmm. I think some of the supporting cast were especially comedically strong. I think her conflict in terms of what she wants to do before she has a baby is so wildly outlandish that like it kind of takes away from the tension of the movie. I'm going to sort of spoil it. It's not really a spoiler, but it's like, so she's an arborist. She like takes care of trees as her job. And she like climbs trees and participates in like tree climbing competitions. And she wants to go to this like international tree climbing competition in Toronto and she's in New Zealand and, and, and and like compete and like the competition is happening like a fucking week before her due date. And it's like, nah, like (laughs) you're not going to be able to do, do that. Like, I I don't tell you, you know, first of all, I feel like that that premise is so outlandish that it has to be based on some persons, at least partially on a real person's, Maybe. Like, like experience, yeah. Experience. Maybe. Because you can't make that up. It doesn't make any sense if it uh, exists solely for this movie. But yeah. whoever wrote this at some point was like, you know what? This one girl I know is an arborist and she wants to go to this tree climbing competition. Yeah. And somebody watched a YouTube video and saw like an arborist flyer and was like, this is this is weird enough such that I could put it into a movie and but other it was people like would too, be entertained. It was like too much. Mm-hmm. Because, like, from the, once they establish that, you already are locked into the mode of, like, oh, she's not going to go. 
right? Mm-hmm. She's going to like, you know, you can see the whole movie play out basically, which is just like, she's not going to go to this thing. She's going to like come to the realization she can't go to this thing and like, that'll be fine. Uh, and so like the tension of that is kind of swept out of the movie from the get-go, which makes the watching the rest of us a little bit of a slog, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I believe pregnant women can do anything they set their minds to. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, throw shade here. But there's, there's things, like, I'm six foot two, right? I'm not going to be a jockey, like a pro. Mm-hmm. That, that job, look, I can do anything I set my mind to. But that job, professional horse jockey, that's out for me. That's all, <laughs> you know, just based on like the chemistry. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. That shit is out. I weigh too much. I'm too fucking tall. Like I'm just yeah. not going to be a pro jockey. I don't know what to at, tell you, man. <laughs> at best, at best, you could do some amateur horseback riding, but yeah. you'll never be able to breach that elite level of jockeying. It's That's just not physically true. possible. And you know what, Rose? Like next year. When maybe, like, you're not right. <laughs> like, go! Have a good time! Win! You know? Is there, is, um, at this event that she's trying to go to, is there anything else besides tree climbing, or is that the only thing? That's the thing. They, like, climb That's the only thing. It's not like quickly. a, it's not like those, um, like, lumberjack competitions. No. Have you seen those before? No, yeah, I have seen those. Those are, are you, sweet. Those are the cool. The multi-events, it's like, all right, you gotta do some sawing. You yeah. got to do like the big log um, run. You have to pick up a big log or like throw it or something. Yeah. Oh my God. Incredible. My favorite one is when like they do the axe thing. Where uh-huh. They like axe into a, a notch and then they put the plank in and then uh-huh. they stand on the plank and axe and then do another <laughs> plank and they lop the top off. That's, yeah. That's the no. last thing. That's my no, favorite. The one I like, now that I remember it, the one I like is when you have two guys standing on a log in the water mm-hmm. and they try to flip each other off mm. of the log by running in one direction or the other. That's, Those are rad. That's Those definitely are rad. the best one. So, um, so all of anyway, those events... Yeah. yeah, All those events sound like they should not be done by a pregnant lady. And again, like, hey, you do... You live your life. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. Like, I'm, none of my biz. You know what I mean? None mm-hmm. of my meanness. I just, <laughs> it was just like, if, in, in a narrative sense, it took the tension out of the movie in terms of like, okay, we kind of know what's going to happen. And exa- yeah. Anyway, so that's um, Baby Done. I checked in, once in a while, I check in on our friend Liam Neeson uh, mm-hmm. just to see how he's doing these days with his thing. Mm-hmm. So I watched a, a movie called An Honest Thief. Which is his latest like action um, extravaganza, and um, uh, yeah, he's not doing great. I'll be he's not, yeah, he's really not doing very well. Uh, what was that movie? So he like said a bunch of um, racist stuff, and that was right did. as yeah. What was that? Was it the Commuter that was coming out at the time or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember which one. Yeah. I imagine it was that. I imagine the commuter was about him riding Metro North and having to kill people on the train. Yeah, I think the commuter has some sort of element of memory loss also. Some kind of amnesia twist in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. really remember. That might have been another of the like 10 fucking same movies that he's done Uh since Taken. 
Um, this movie was not good. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. It starred him. It starred Kate Walsh, who folks may remember from her bad run on Grey's Anatomy and then her worst run on Private Practice, which was the spinoff of Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Kate Walsh is not a good actress. Um, it had Jai Courtney, one of the worst supporting actors working today, uh, in the villain role. Uh, it was directed by Mark Williams, who I don't really know what he does. Uh, and Liam Neeson is too old for this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, the stunt work is so bad, and, like, you clearly see all the scenes, like, just catering to, like, how bad at moving around Liam Neeson is these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That you're like, oh, man, this is not, this is not doing it here. So, um, one bright spot, Jeffrey Donovan plays an FBI. Jeffrey Donovan is Burn Notice. You ever watch Burn Notice? No. No, me neither. But he is Burn Notice. He's the Burn Notice guy. <laughs> and, okay. like, he's kind of good in this movie. He, like, plays an FBI agent with, like, a thick fucking Boston accent. And he's good at it. Uh, um, yeah. I imagine the movie theaters are still kind of, like, sparsely populated these days. Or no? Yeah. You guys backed up? Yeah. Yeah. Still. So, yeah. What What do the other clientele look like who are out watching um, Liam Neeson movies these days? The people who, other yeah, other people who have gone out of their way to see these films? I, you know, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. They're so far yeah. away in a dark movie <laughs> theater. I don't even know what they look like anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, nobody's sitting next to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, Especially like yesterday, I saw a movie called The Secrets We Keep mm-hmm. uh, with Numi Rapace, uh, who was the original girl with the dragon tattoo in the Swedish films and has been in a couple other things. It was pretty good. Sort of this World War II, post-World War II drama with... Um, she had She was like a Romanian captive during World War II who thinks she has found one of her captors in America mm. and uh, sets out on a dangerous and questionable plot of revenge. Uh, yeah, and it was okay. I mean, there was two other people in the movie theater who weirdly sat in the very front row, and he was a very big guy, and he fell asleep about halfway through, and brother was a chainsaw. But yeah. <laughs> just snored his ass off through the rest of this movie. And, and like, I, I thought maybe his girlfriend would be like, wake up, like, don't snore. But she was just like rolling through it. <laughs> you know? That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was okay. Um, my big problem with the film was Joel Kinnaman was in it, um, who was in the first season of The Killing on AMC and was like a knockout breakout star from that from that season and it was very he played like a drug addled, drug addled like cop and was incredible and then has not made anything every single thing he's been in since which is quite a bit he was in like a RoboCop reboot and uh, there was a Netflix show called Ar- Altered Carbon, I think, and like I watched that actually. He's the star of that show. Oh, got it. I'm not a fan of Joel Kinnaman. No, I think I he like is, Altered Carbon. 
I think he's okay at a certain thing. Um, I think he can do the angry thing kind of well, like the sort of subdued anger, like restrained anger thing pretty well. But this movie starts and Joel Kinnaman shows up and I'm like, "Mm, okay, I'm skeptical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? And then she starts talking about how he's like a German. And I'm like, oh, no. Are we going to make Joel Kinnaman do like some accent work here? (laughs) And yes, they are going Uh to do that. And I'm like, this is not going to really work out for us, everybody. And it didn't. So he he's sort of again like a weak point of the movie in my mm. mind. Yeah. Do you, so. do you think for a situation like that you'd maybe run it a few times and be like, all right, let's try it with the accent and then let's try it with no accent and then we'll make a call here whether or not we need to continue. Yeah, and I get how the movie kind of doesn't work if he doesn't have an accent. Like there's a real mm. plot driver of like he needs to sort of be a question. The, the question of the movie is like, is this the guy or is this not the guy? Is her memory faltered from such a traumatic experience or is she clear, crystal clear that this is the guy? Mm-hmm. And him having an accent, I can see, like, would help with that confusion. But, um, yeah. It doesn't it, work. It was not very strong. So, mm-hmm. hmm. hey, did you watch Fast 8 this week? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How was it for you? Spe- speaking of not very strong. Yeah, speaking um, of not very not strong. Very strong. Uh, yeah, uh, I watched it. It was uh-huh. okay. I yeah. did a little bit of research about um, that airplane that, that Cypher is flying around in. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a, um, and I put it in my phone over here. It's called like a like an EC aircraft. And it is, yeah, they're characteristic by the uh, radar discs that they have on the top. And I did a little bit of research on those. And one of the most interesting things that I found was that, so yeah, that disc has all kinds of major communications. It allows in like combat and war situations Mm -hmm. for a plane to pick up on, I don't know, more stuff than you normally would. And then it, it sends those controls and messages to the rest of the airborne fleet to warn them about things and to do surveillance. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the disc that they have on the top, it sort of acts like a Frisbee. And right. it is, um, yeah, it looks big, but it's actually able to generate enough lift to counteract the size of, of the disc. such that Okay, so it basically holds itself up Apart it from the plane, up. that's pretty cool. Exactly, and I think that's part. That's why it has to spin. Yeah, because it sort of has a floating frisbee on top of an airplane. Pretty cool. Effect. Yeah, I. I mean, it makes sense as a set piece for her to have such technology so that she can like scope out more hacker stuff to do. Mm-hmm. We got to stop the hacking, though. Like. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has so much fucking hacking. It is out of control, Daryl. Yeah. It is, like, for real. Pump the brakes on the hacking. <laughs> we it, we got to scale it back for nine. There, it, it, it's, 
every fucking scene is just like, oh, let me hack into this hacking thing. Let me start up mm-hmm. these ha- hack these cars. Let me hack her hack. Let me god's eye the the fucking like submarine and hack hack the controls and get it. It's just like, fuck guys, like we get it. You know how to hack. Like let's do some mm-hmm. other shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's do some heist work. Let's drive. I don't know. Maybe drive a car in an interesting, cool way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be cool in this series. You know, why didn't they remote control car the tank? They mention it when they're in the mm. um, that layer. He goes, "Oh, like they designed these so that like soldiers can remote control the tank around, but it also comes with a driver's seat, which you can drive it around." Like they should have driven it around and used it somehow as a super remote yeah. control car. No, none of their, they only, hacking is a pure story device, right? It's like they only use it when, when I, heard, I was listening to this other thing. I heard one of the writers for like a Star Wars movie talk about how like gun blasters are a pure, are, are the effectiveness of gun blasters are purely plot driven. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. stormtroopers are like really good. Sometimes they like blow big holes through people and sometimes they just like don't even hurt. They bounce off armor or sometimes, you know, whatever. So and that's sort of malleable. The hacking thing is completely like malleable to whatever the story needs, needs it to happen. You know, can we think of like, what is in your mind? What are the, if there, is there a best hacking movie that comes to mind? Hackers. We're going to watch it in our in-betweener. If nobody else (laughs) joins in fucking (laughs) and and fucking and fucking votes on this poll, on this Patreon poll, patreon.com slash no one likes doing podcast. (laughs) <laughs> I put it up there kind of as a, kind of as a joke, just because like hackers and hacking, but it got voted in so far. Yeah. So we're we are on our in between. It turns out we're probably going to watch fucking hackers from 1995, which is a movie I enjoy a lot, very nice. much. I'm looking forward to watching it. Have you ever seen hackers? I'm not sure if I have. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen the hacking shows or movies that people say are good. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to judge. Like, people say that Mr. Robot is, like, accurate, good hacking. I watched that show. It's... Didn't do it. It didn't... I mean, it didn't stand out to me as, like, a really good hacking movie. The thing yeah. that I took away from it is have a lot of computers, and when you need to go on the run, drill holes in them so that people don't uh, infiltrate your machine. That's the My- thing that I remember the most. My issue with hacking does not come from like what I feel like pe- people's regular qualms with it are, which are like um, it's unrealistic and like they don't really use some sort of visual interface to like hack or whatever. It's usually just like command lines. Or I got no problem if you want to like jazz it up. Like, this is a movie. Like, jazz it up so we can see something interesting on screen, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I I got no problem with you doing that. I got a problem with you just, like, using it in a lazy way to, like, move the plot along. You know? Of just, like, Mm -hmm. oh, just hack this thing. It's like, no problem. I got Mm -hmm. expert hackers, and that's all I do is hack all day and fucking... (sighs) It's hacky. It's hacky. It is hacky. It's hacky. It's hacky. The idea yeah. that um, that Shaw was able to do any sort of hacking in this movie, yeah, just total garbage, totally stupid. It's like, come on, guys, yeah. you know, 
It's like that'd be like if Roman fucking started to sit down <laughs> on a laptop, started hacking shit. Like, no, man. Right. Let's get like everybody. Let's name the characters who can hack in this movie. <laughs> okay, Ramsey, mm-hmm. Tej, Charlize. Charlize is like six hacker friends. Mm-hmm. Shaw. Vin's got his like tracker hack, kinda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The uh, the cross. Mister Nowhere or whatever, the younger Nowhere. Does he do any hacking? I think Nowhere can do a little bit. Yeah, he can hack. It's just like, ah, dudes. Does Brian ever do any hacking? In the previous movie? No, but uh, I don't think so. But Mia has hacked her ass off. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, God damn, just pick one person. Just pick one person, have them hack. Maybe have one good guy, one bad guy. They can yeah. have a hack off, and then that could be one thing. But then maybe also, like, get people in cars and drive them around, including right. your villain. Yeah. This is. We know. We've talked about it many times. The big problem with this movie is that Charlize Theron is not in a fucking car. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and the sub-scene sucks. I mean, I was just like, I'm, this movie's fine. It's like, a, it's like whatever until the sub-scene, the submarine stuff comes. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just like, okay, time to like not enjoy this for, for another 40 minutes and then watch the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the movie's not good. Um, so, uh, how do I phrase this? Um, do you think it is requisite of a skilled actor mm-hmm. to be able to cry on screen? Real tears. Mm. Because yes, basically. I think so. I think so, too. I wasn't sure if it was like an unfair expectation. But, um, like, Elena cries. Yep. And Michelle Rodriguez, uh, Letty cries. Yep. Then has a crying scene faked here. Yeah. yeah. Real fake. You think so? Oh, yeah. Who? All right. The main, I think it always stands out to me because the tears generate from the middle of his eyes. Oh, I was interesting. Like, that's not, that's that's not, not tears how it come goes. From. Come from the middle of your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's and just standing up so straight. And <laughs> <laughs> has his head in such a perfectly neutral position. Yeah. The tears have nowhere else. It's the le- path of least resistance. It's straight down. <laughs> no? Yeah. Uh, no. I don't think so. Seemed like fake tears to me, and he wasn't able to generate, you know, there's like a, there's a heat and a tension that you get when people uh. start crying on screen. He didn't have it. I don't think he has it. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's what I was like. Is it unfair? Is it unfair to think that an actor of Vin Diesel's caliber should be able to? And at yeah, least if he, he should takes, be able like, to do it. I think it's like one of the things you got to be able to do, right? It's like get in the moment so much that you actually like feel it and cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Elsa can't Pataki. do it. But I'm Elsa not Pataki. Yeah. a movie star, you know? Right. Elsa Pataki, same scene, crying her ass off, crying real her. tears, like, her oh my out. god, so believable, 
Vin, other side of the window, just stone faced over here in a bad way. Yeah, or don't have him cry, cry. You know what I mean? Like, I'd be fine. I'd be fine mm-hmm. with that. Like, I get Dominic Toretto on a level I think very few people <laughs> do. <laughs> I've really studied the man. I'm fine if he doesn't cry in that mm-hmm. scene. I don't need him to. Right? Right. Um, the weird thing is, like, Vin is so into acting. <laughs> like as a thing that's fucking, his passion a fucking group video where he wears stilts to get in like the head the mindset of a tree person is fucking crazy like he that's he's so he's so <laughs> he's so out of control with like how much he wants to sort of be in the thing, and he really thinks like Bloodshot is like a is like a great piece of acting from him. But um, no, I don't think he can handle it. But like that's the thing that's like, he believes in it so hard, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like Paul Walker, I think if you ask Paul Walker, like. Can you get to a place where you cry, like, emotionally from, from just, like, digging in the well of your memories and emotions as an actor? He'd be like, nah. nah. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't really need to because I'm just, like, a movie star, you know? Uh-huh. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. Like, I'm good <laughs> on, like, the level I'm fucking at, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but even, even that, I mean, Paul Walker can generate some heat. He can generate some emotional Heat. He did so in the last movie. I think we watched too many of these movies, man. Like you're, you've lost your mind. That's crazy. <laughs> Paul Walker cannot generate like the emotional heat. Necessary. They had to computerize it in <laughs> space to make, to make him do that. That's a that's a ten million dollar tier you got right <laughs> there. Ten, okay, that's a ten. Those are the most expensive as fucking tears that have ever shown up on screen. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. like. <laughs> <laughs> you know he, like he needed he can't do it he can't do it but I, I don't blame Paul Walker I don't think Paul Walker is a lesser person mm-hmm. I don't think pa- Paul Walker is a worse movie star for be- not being able to like manage that level of, of emotional recall I just think like he's he just doesn't have that in his tool set He's got mm-hmm. lots of other stuff in his tool set, stuff I enjoy very much. Mm-hmm. Vin Diesel, I don't know what if, where his tool set is <laughs> anymore. He lost it <laughs> he in the garage. Put it in his truck. He blew up in 1327, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know what to do anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of dirty what they did to Elena in this movie. You know? She sort of got shat on in this series. And, like, I'm not a fan of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of wish she survived. And I wish that the scene, the baby-saving scene, was sort of better executed. Mm. One, because it's, like, intercut with the submarine shit, which I'm not interested in. So I have to sort of be interested in the Mm baby-saving with the Shaws. And, like, there's some good stuff. Those winged jetpacks things that they fly in, on those are pretty cool. Those are pretty sweet. But um, 
I wish it did the thing which I think some other, um, even pieces of this franchise do better, which is like, give us a layout and and goals throughout the plane and then like let us watch them execute those goals. Like I mm-hmm. always sort of appreciate that in a in a heist or an action piece where set piece where it's like you you, you got to give the audience an understanding of like where everything is in physical reality and physical space so that we can watch these guys execute that stuff technically on a proficient level and be mm-hmm. amazed at their proficiency at doing it. Mm-hmm. And really it's like kind of mushy. It's like, okay, they fly in the tail and then like they're in the middle of a plane somewhere and like beating guys up. And then like at, they're in the front of the plane. I mean, I guess like that's fine. It's mm-hmm. just a little vague and loosey goosey, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I'm not as into. Yeah. I guess throughout this, even though we see the plane and we're in the plane for a good amount of this movie, I don't understand the layout. That there's is it two levels? Right. Is it three? Is it three level plane? No idea. She definitely, yeah. She has that area where she keeps all of her shoes and weapons. Yeah. She has the yeah the containment area, the containment cell. Right, right. Um, and and contrast that to like the best plane movie of all time, Air Force One. Air Force One. Nice. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right. But. But 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 here's the really, 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 really smart thing Air Force One does. Okay? Lay it out for you. In the beginning, when the hostage taking happens, like when, first of all, you get the president walking through the plane to like board the plane to take off. So we actually get a sense of like a little bit of the layout of what's happening in the plane. Then they reinforce it because when the like um, terrorism shit starts, they have the guys like they follow them and they walk through the corridors and they see them get the guns and then hold those guns against people and march those people through certain corridors and then walk upstairs to like storm the cockpit, right? So this whole time, like we're seeing the action happen, but we're also seeing how the plane is laid out so that further on in the movie when Harrison Ford, who is in fucking credible in that movie, has to save the day, we know exactly where he is and where his like goals are at every moment mm-hmm. he's downstairs in the fucking cargo area then he has to get upstairs then he has to sort of go around the corner then he has to like he knows where the hostage are he like whispers don't tell anybody i'm fucking alive i'm the president to the hostage <laughs> hostages right like we see the mechanics of his goals throughout the actual physical layout of that set this is what good sets do right and this is what good filmmakers do with good sets Right is like give the audience framework for how the president's goals are going to be laid out in the future of the movie, and so then we can see him go up and have that standoff in the cockpit, and then when by the time they get the terrorists down to the cargo bay or like the you know opening, we follow them the whole time. We know what's at stake. We know, and we can cut in between these pieces. Now, too, where it's like we see the cockpit for a minute, we see the, the, the cargo bay for a minute, we see the house, and like we, the audience, have a frame of reference for physically where everybody is and what the stakes are in those locations. Big, 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 big fan. Great plane use. Great stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Air Force One. <laughs> do you want to do other shout outs, I guess, at this point? I think so. Yeah. Um, on this podcast, we have a little 
I don't care. Let's just do them. I, I was going to do <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> just do the, I don't know. Just do the shout out. What is it this week? This week, I want to give a shout out to a, uh, I guess it's a shipping service called Bike Flights. Bike mm. Flights. It's a dedicated bicycle shipping service. Um, we were, we recently purchased a bicycle for Jessica on Ooh. eBay. And cool. I was on the receiving end of a bike flights shipment, but mm-hmm. I loosely understand how it works. It's just like a dedicated bicycle shipping service. Um, I believe that they partner with local bike shops, mm-hmm. drop off your shit there, and then you have them professionally pack it and then ship it mm-hmm. to wherever. And you can have it, you can have it, you can pick it up at a local bike shop, or in our case, we had it sent right to our house. But cool. I like the idea of dedicated shipping stuff because yeah. yeah bicycles have i don't know they're they are durable in some senses but they're also fragile in very specific ways right right so, dinged bent uh, fucked up does exactly. it come assembled or do you have to piece it together so it comes yeah typically it's it's partially assembled mm-hmm. so it'll have the frame the rear wheel and then I guess typically the handlebars are intact, but the front wheel is removed and the seat post is removed, but it's packed such that it can, it doesn't move around too much and nothing gets crunched in the wrong way. I imagine they, they, they disassemble it to where they can maximize the thinness of the box. Yeah. So they like twist the handlebars to the side, put the wheel, take the wheel front wheel off and just put it flat. Mm-hmm. And then take the seat off and like do something there. Yeah, yeah, that makes but sense. But there were nice, and there were nice little touches in there. They make a very specific, like plastic spacer thing that stick between your fork ends, and it prevents it from if it gets compressing sort of, like, side oh, crunch. Clever. It doesn't break the fork. Yeah. So those type of like very bike specific details were yeah. appreciated, and the bike arrived in excellent shape. Well, I'll say that like the response we get when we post about your fixed wheel bicycles on fucking Instagram, Instagram, no one likes to tune podcast on Instagram is like the most engagement we get. Period <laughs> on the pod at out of anything, out of anything. Fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty rad. Uh, so, all right, shout out to what is it called? Bike flights. Bike flights. Yeah. So I haven't shipped. I haven't shipped anything using the service, but mm-hmm. receiving and very smooth. They said it was How shipping. Much did it you cost? Had, I think it's like a, it was a hundred bucks shipped. From, That's fucking not bad. Yeah, from where? And I think they'll send it almost anywhere. But this came from Massachusetts. I believe they have like, one of the best commonwealths in the nation. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think it's. I don't think it's that much more to ship even across the country. Cool man! Shout out to bike flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my shout-out, I want to tell a little tale. I want to tell a little story. Um, I, what's, you know what the definition of insanity is? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Yeah, that's it. Every couple of weeks in Auckland, New Zealand... I order a pizza and chicken wings. And every couple of weeks, from a new place, I, in every couple of weeks, I am 
was just fucking astonished by how like the low ass quality of pizza and chicken wings in this town. I, I cannot even tell you. In every couple of weeks, I forget, and I'm like, oh, maybe this time this new place will be okay. I ordered from a place called Hell Pizza last night. Nice. Bro. I, 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 it was, I, honestly, like, I don't mean, I, I don't want to be mean. Like, I'm not, it was the worst fucking pizza <laughs> I've ever eaten in my life. And I have had a lot of pizza. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Bro, like, what? fuck, dude. Let's Let's break it down by its components. Crust? What was the uh, what was the nature of this crust, dude? Dude, I can't. It was like the most insane <laughs> decisions that went into this crust. Okay, first of all, clearly they pre-make the crust and freeze them, right? Ooh, like that is extremely yeah. a tasteable factor. Second, it's like thin crust, but it's like has this like lip on the end. They didn't even like make a nice like bubbly soft uh, rim. The rim almost looks like a pie shell that like comes out and like sticks up. Right? Mm. Like it was pressed yeah. by a machine. Terrible. Sad. Okay. Sad. And like rock hard. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Right? Okay. Okay. The sauce and also crust tastes like cardboard. Okay. <laughs> tastes like fucking cardboard. Uh huh. <laughs> like so bad. It was so bad. The sauce was like tastes like nothing. There was like uh-huh. no fl- no tang. You know, you want like a tangy tomato flavor, some yeah. like basil in there, some nothing. It's just like goo. It just like tastes like goo. And then like the cheese was wasn't. There was no salt. There was like nothing to the cheese. And the pepperoni was insane. They they were like they tried to market it to be like our like artisan pepperoni. I'm like, just give me the regular fucking shit. You know. <laughs> Like, don't got a fancied up. It was like thick pepperoni, which I'm not a fan of usually. Uh-huh. But it also tastes like fucking ass. <laughs> it was terrible, yo. And then the chicken, the chicken is like, I mean, the chicken wings are inarguably the worst part of every one of these orders. But like, it would taste like Satan. Have you ever had that? Like the soy, <laughs> yeah, fucking like soy lump garbage. chicken. But it was Ugh. real chicken, but like somehow they fucked it up to a degree where it tasted like fake chicken. Was this a was it a buffalo style or a buffalo wing or a buffalo kind of wing style in that like they clearly like I don't know what they did, but they like boiled these fucking chicken wings Ugh. or something and then Ugh. like squirted like a terrible buffalo sauce on t- on top. They didn't yeah. even like toss them. They just like some yeah. sauce and then like yeah. put it in a package and sent it away. Bro, when I was growing up, okay, we would have pizza. Like, my mom would get us pizza sometimes. It was a nice thing my mom would do. But, like, mm-hmm. we had two options in Northampton, Massachusetts. We had, like, the Pizza Factory, okay? And then we had the far superior Pinocchio's pizza, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I mean, like, my mom's not, like, a, she's kind of a cheap lady <laughs> sometimes. So most weeks ended up with Pizza Factory Pizza. And like Pizza Factory mm-hmm. Pizza, not very good. Okay. <laughs> Cardboard ass crust. They also made like a multi-grain crust on all their pizzas, which like and when you're nine years old, I'm like, nah, dude. <laughs> right. Get that shit out of here. Um 
the yeah, it was like gross bummer pizza <laughs> from Pizza yeah. Factory. And like the weeks that we got Pinocchios, it was like hell yeah, let's get some <laughs> Pinocchios, let's do it. Um, this Hell's Pizza was like so much worse than Pizza Factory pizza. I can't even describe how bad this fucking pizza was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still ate of it, ate it all because I'm like I'm a fat piece of garbage. But like <laughs> I. <laughs> I think I've, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever thrown away pizza before. I think no, I've eaten it. No, you got your thing. You got it. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. It was fine. But like, anti shout out to Hell Pizza. <laughs> don't ever <laughs> fucking order that garbage. I'm not into it. <laughs> so that's the podcast, pretty much. Hope you guys. Um, you know what? I don't give a shit. If you liked it or not, I still will do it. And um, if you want to, um, I don't know. I tweet. I was tweeting last night. I was tweeting out some bullshit on the uh, at Nolt podcast account, N O L T T podcast. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we're on Instagram, Instagram dot com. No, that's not a thing. What is it? At you want no to just do it? Do I don't want to do it. I'm tired of doing all this. <laughs> I'm tired of all this garbage. You fucking do it. I don't know what to do it. I'm going to fucking check out. At No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. At Nolt Podcast on Twitter. No One Likes the Tuna Podcast at gmail.com. Rate us on iTunes. Very helpful. Apple Podcasts. It's now Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. You can tune in on Spotify if you like Spotify. And you can also contribute to our Patreon, which we really like. And we're going to come out with some new content. Riddick series. For Hell you yeah. Guys. Hell yeah, yeah, throw us a buck. Throw us a buck. And uh, we still have, I guess, two weeks here before we start our in-betweener. So you've got a little bit of time to join up on the Patreon and yeah. vote on that. Yeah. The poll stays up till you start watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to vote, I think the choice is this month or this cycle are torque nice blue crush nice central intelligence which is a kevin hart and the rock feature and then hackers obviously so yeah get on there and uh vote let us know uh all right i'm gonna take a nap i think sleep yeah. all this crummy ass pizza <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. I took an I ate a burrito earlier and then I just passed out for like an hour. I woke yeah. up very cranky. I don't like uh, taking naps. You don't like taking naps? I feel like I feel terrible. I think it's nice to like fall into the nap. I think the wake up after the nap at like like four or five o'clock. No, I'm like into it. Feel. My <clears throat> well, one I take shorter naps. I take about half hour. Mm-hmm. Do the power nap thing. Mm-hmm. My thing like it actually kind of ruins my weekends. Because, like, I want to go on a hike or, like, whitewater rafting or some bullshit. I mean, I don't really want to do those things. But I would love to, like, go <laughs> go do something interesting on the weekend. But mm-hmm. I also, like, because I'm working and I work a lot during the week. I have, like, no time to do anything. I, I, yeah. rem- I know that, like, the weekends are my only times to, like, nap. Like, my yeah. only days I get to actually, like, have a nice nap in the middle of the day. And that's so attractive to me that I don't want to do anything that would inhibit like that process. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that sounds good. Enjoy your slumber. Cool, bro. I'll talk to you, talk to you next, next week. week.